of independent thought my name is desmond price no matter where you are in the world i want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts as always we have a great show for you today now here are our topics hello everyone welcome to the ninth bonus episode of independent thought my name is desmond price for this episode we are talking about senator joe manchin the senator from West Virginia, Democratic senator from West Virginia, who's been making a lot of news recently. Now, if you're like me, you haven't really heard that much about Senator Joe Manchin and probably until this year. And I'm sure some people still haven't heard about him, don't really know that much about him. Today, we're gonna talk about why he's relevant, why he's relevant right now, and what exactly we should all be doing about his newfound relevancy. So first I wanna start with setting the table a little bit. This is primarily around the legislative agenda of Joe Biden. Currently there are two things in particular that are kind of like center stage as far as the agenda is concerned. For one, we're talking about the infrastructure package, which is something that I covered recently in an episode called Biden's Infrastructure Package that came out last month in May. So go check that out if you have not already. And, but for the focus of this episode primarily, we're gonna focus on something called HR1, which is the new Voting Rights Act that is, that actually was passed through Congress in 2019, but never went anywhere because Mitch McConnell was Senate Majority Leader and basically nothing ever got voted on while he was in power but that bill still remains. And again, it is up for, not only for debate, but it's up for basically seeing if it can legitimately be voted on this time. Now, the Biden administration, Joe Biden himself has come out and has has had nothing but favorable words for HR1 saying that he wants to sign this bill as is. So let's talk about what exactly it is. So on HR1, this voting rights bill, Some of the things that are included in it are same-day voter registration, at least two weeks of early voting, online registration, automatic voter registration. It eliminates the uh, state legislature's ability to create their own gerrymandered maps and brings that to the federal level, which I'm completely in favor of, and making election day a federal holiday also a good thing. Don't know why that's not already a thing. Expanding voting by mail mandates the use of paper ballots, which again, great idea. There should be nothing but paper ballots in my opinion. If you want to be more eco-friendly, maybe bamboo, maybe hemp, whatever the case may be, but voting on computers, maybe not the best thing. So also it requires that super PACs and other dark money disclose who their donors are. I see no, nothing wrong with that. 
requires presidential and vice presidential candidates to turn over 10 years worth of tax returns. I see nothing wrong with that either. Same day voter registration, early voting mandates, automatic voter registration, online registration. Now all of these sweeping changes would happen at a federal level. So instead of every single state having their own election laws, you would have this national mandate that would be for all 50 states. Personally, my opinion is there is absolutely nothing wrong with any of this, like none whatsoever. Um, but one of the reasons why this bill is getting so much attention right now is because of the fact that just in the last few months, we've been seeing nothing but sweeping legislative you know, attempts at changing and some changes that did go through across this entire country. In fact, there was more than 361 bills across 47 states that were aimed at limiting mail-in voting, strengthening voter ID laws, shortening early voting, eliminating automatic and same-day voter registration, curbing the use of ballot drop boxes, and allowing for more aggressive means to remove people from voter rolls. Now, all of this is for obvious reasons. It's because the Republican Party believes that the election was stolen from them. Not all of them, but some of them. In fact, when asked, there are certain uh, state senators in the state of Iowa who flatly just said that most of his colleagues in his chamber believe that the 2020 election was stolen from Joe Biden. So the Republican Party is making these sweeping changes because they believe that the election was stolen from them. I have done a couple episodes already on Stop the Steal and my thoughts around all of that. I'm not going to delve into that again yet. I will delve into it again, though, because it is absolutely crazy to me that we are taking this and trying to make it into something that it was never. I mean, according to the Washington Post, of all of the allegations of voter fraud across this country, as of today, we have found 16 confirmed cases of voter fraud. 16 out of 155 million people who voted, we have found 16 cases of voter fraud. And due to this fact, Republicans across the country need to secure our elections. Explain to me the logic behind that. Is there that level of reaction when pharmaceutical country, companies you know, flood our, flood our streets with dangerous opioids? Do lawmakers put them in check? No. When gun violence happens across America, do people like rush to try to like make laws to prevent that from happening? No. When there are giant companies who are polluting all over this, all over this country and all over the world and essentially creating global warming that we're dealing with, is there any legislation sweeping, sweeping through state houses trying to curb their influence over our country and our planet? No, but 16 incidents of voter fraud and we have to change everything? Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop for right now. I, I wanna give a more thorough takedown of this rather than a random rant. So I'll come back to this in a little bit, but obviously it's not just Republicans in the, on the state level who are against the idea of federal regulations as far as voting are concerned in the form of HR1. We also have 
Senator Mitch McConnell, everyone's favorite Republican or second favorite Republican, who came out recently and said that he thought that HR1 subverts the First Amendment to supercharge cancel culture, whatever the hell that means, and the left's name and shame campaign model. It takes redistricting away from state legislatures and hands it over to computers. Again, gerrymandering is a huge problem. It probably shouldn't be in your hands anyway. Have you seen how some of these districts are drawn? It's ridiculous. And it retains its rotten core as an assault on the fundamental idea that states, not the federal government, should decide how to run their own elections. Let's talk about that for a second, just, just really briefly here. The Republican Party has always been huge proponents of if something's written in the Constitution that we have to just abide by it because the Constitution is an infallible document that was had, there's not a single line of it that was written that was ever wrong. So we have to maintain everything that's in it, period. Okay, so if you follow that same logic, let's look at the Constitution here for a second. Section four, article one, it says that the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state. Okay, by the legislature. But, 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 the Congress may at any time make a law that, that can alter such regulations. So it specifically states in the Constitution, which the Republican Party is, holds very near and dear as an infallible document, that if Congress wants to alter the election process of any particular state at any given time, they have the power to do so. So the hypocrisy of it all. Anyway, let's transition a little bit right now, because I started off by talking about, you know, is, you know, what, what are we talking about here with Joe Manchin, right? What, how does he figure into all of this? So we're going to take a quick little break here. And when we come back from the break, I am going to explain to you what exactly Joe Manchin has to do with all of this and why you should care. We'll be right back. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage-inspired clothing, shoes, and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf, and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at bettysdivine.com. Hey, Indie Thought listeners. Has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side? Well, then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode. Bathing Beauties Beads is a full-service bead shop in the heart of downtown Missoula. Whether it's seed beads, semi-precious stones, vintage beads, or just materials to make a project, they have something for every person and every price range. Not from Missoula? Don't worry. They have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, 
They'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at bathingbeautiesbeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Thank you for sticking with us for another episode of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price, again. Do I need to say that a second time? It's only the third time, isn't it? All right. Anyway, you know who I am. We are talking about Joe Manchin and how he figures into all the information I gave you in the first segment. So right now, the Senate is in a 50-50 split. 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. So the way that the Senate normally operates is that if you're going to pass something through the Senate, it needs 60 votes. And if you've been paying attention to politics for the last few years, you'll realize that getting 60 votes on anything, it just doesn't really happen that often unless it's a bill that has no repercussions for either party. So, or if it's something that both parties believe that they just absolutely just couldn't get away with voting against, which again, doesn't happen that often, unless it's defense spending because everyone can get on board with defense spending. So if the Democrats wanna get anything passed of consequence more or less, they have to go through a process called reconciliation, which you can only do about two or three times a year. And so when you do it, it basically you have to get as much into a bill as humanly possible, because again, you can only use this process two or three times a year for reasons that I personally don't quite understand. But you'll have to consult with the Senate parliamentarian in order for a bill to qualify to be in the reconciliation process, which again, after reading up on the parliamentarian, I'm still unsure exactly how she determines what bills are or are not valid, but that's a different conversation. So the point here is, is that every single Democratic senator has to vote yes in order for reconciliation to work. Because the way reconciliation works is you need to have 51 votes in order to pass something through reconciliation. So you need every single Democratic senator to vote yes on something, even for that to work. Now, some senators have taken this as an opportunity to kind of negotiate on their behalf. And by some, I mean basically one or two, but let's focus on just Joe Manchin for this particular case. Joe Manchin has come out and opposed HR1, this Voting Rights Act. He's also come out and opposed Biden's infrastructure bill. I wanna briefly talk about the infrastructure bill because he came out and said, and again, you know, please go check out that infrastructure episode that I put out you know, about a month ago. He said that he doesn't really disagree with anything in the infrastructure bill, but rather he won't vote for it because it doesn't have any bipartisan support. Now, I just wanna go ahead and call out the idiocy of that statement. Did you ever once hear in the last few years, any single Republican ever say that they couldn't vote for something because there was no bipartisan support? Have you ever heard a Republican care that a Democrat cares about their legislation or not? No, you haven't, you, re you really haven't. They don't, they don't care. They just, they just go in there 
and they get stuff done that they want to get done. And they don't really care about what Democrats think. And so this idea that Joe Manchin really cares about bipartisan support, it's just, it's, it's flabbergasting to me. So on June 6th, Joe Manchin called HR1 a partisan bill that he had no interest in voting for, just no interest in it. And he said that, you know, the reason why he called it a partisan bill and because of the reason that, you know, he's also against the infrastructure package and why he wants to have bipartisan support is because he is somebody who is a senator, a Democratic senator from a red state. And so he just thinks that he has to maintain this level of centrism in order to appeal to the West Virginia voters, because West Virginia is a state that voted almost 70 percent for Donald Trump. Again, I want to take a moment to point out hypocrisy, because if that is really the case, Joe Manchin, if you really are so worried about maintaining support in a state that's so red, then why did you vote to impeach Donald Trump twice in a state that he got almost 70% of the vote? Do you think that that's going to help you maintain support? I'm not saying, I'm not saying Donald Trump shouldn't have been impeached, but I think you're being pretty weird about where you're drawing your lines at, you think that the people in West Virginia are going to be more mad at you for expanding voting rights or passing an infrastructure bill without Republican support than for impeaching the president they voted for by 70%? Yeah, that logic holds up, sure, okay. So on June 8th, after saying that this bill, this HR1 bill was too partisan, you know, he meets with some civil rights leaders at Washington, D.C., and he called it a constructive meeting, but said that he still just didn't change his mind. And I'm just trying to figure out what exactly it is that Joe Manchin's really after here, because in my mind, it smells like corruption. But how about we just take a quick look here? So Reuters recently uh, put out a piece where they discovered that after Joe Manchin came out and opposed key pieces of Biden's legislative agenda, that the U.S. Chamber of Commerce gave campaign contributions to Joe Manchin. Oh, okay. So maybe that might have some kind of relevancy into why Joe Manchin is deciding not to vote for certain things. Maybe it isn't about what's going on as far as trying to maintain support in the state of West Virginia. But let's look again. Because even more recently, CNBC reported that the Koch network has been actively pressuring Joe Manchin to oppose key legislative items linked in Biden's agenda, including filibuster reform and voting rights legislation. Oh, so maybe Joe Manchin isn't actually against voting rights legislation. Maybe the people who are paying him are against voting rights legislation. Who would have thought? No one saw that coming. But how about some just firsthand stuff? Because that's just speculative, right? Maybe, maybe that didn't actually, maybe that didn't actually happen. Well, just this week, The Intercept reported that Manchin told donors on a Zoom call that was filled by billionaires and corporate investors that he needed help. And by help, he means that he was asking these people to give campaign contribu contributions to Republicans in order to get them from flipping their votes from no to yes on the January 6th commission, because he wanted to strip the far left 
of their best argument against the filibuster, which he went on to note is a critical priority for the donors on the call as it bottles up progressive legislation that would hit their bottom line. So what does all that mean in layman's terms? Joe Manchin is essentially being paid off by the 1% in this country in order to keep certain pieces of Biden's legislative agenda from being passed because it would be bad for the rich. That's what we're talking about here. So this isn't some virtuous centrist who thinks that it's really good idea to keep the party or to keep the country unified by you know, making sure that Republicans are on board with everything. No, this guy's being paid in order to keep this legislation from ever seeing the light of day. This level of corruption is absolutely disgusting. And I know that as adults, we all know that this kind of stuff happens in Washington all the time, but I'm glad that we're living in a time where we can so easily track this level of corruption down and then blast these people all over the media, social media, for what is happening here. And thankfully, people have been doing just that because recently, as of this week, Joe Manchin has now expressed the willingness to support key provisions of HR1, including providing minimum levels of early voting and for mandating the independent congressional redistricting, which would essentially bring redistricting to the federal level so that these states can't do their own gerrymandering of the states, which if you see states like North Carolina, for instance, it's gerrymandered to all hell. And it's absolutely ridiculous how that state's lines are drawn. And it makes a lot more sense as to why Republicans are able to kind of keep up in the House the way that they are. So what to do? Because let's be fair, corruption is not a new thing in politics, right? This isn't something that we've never heard of before. I got to tell you, we are living in a time where using your voice online has never been more powerful. Using your voice has never been more powerful. These online platforms that we all have have elevated all of us to being more powerful than we ever have before. Like when you were speaking online last year about Black Lives Matter, people with power heard you and things did change. Did everything change we want? Of course they didn't, but things did change. And we have to recognize using collective power like that does have an impact. It has an impact sometimes on a small scale, sometimes on a large scale, but just because it doesn't have the impact that we want, it doesn't mean that we weren't making progress and it doesn't mean that you should ever stop. Call your local representatives about Joe Manchin. Ask them to speak out and to publicly blast this fool for what he's doing. I mean, this, this is corruption in full, in full plain view. No one should be okay with this. If you are somebody who went out of your way to believe in Joe Biden because you thought that the agenda that he had for this country was something that we desperately needed, well then one corrupt politician who's taking campaign contributions from billionaires and corporate investors shouldn't be able to derail that. And I'm sorry, but these other politicians in, in Washington, they're not gonna just call this stuff out on their own. They need to feel pressure. All of these people want one thing more than anything, which is to stay in power. And if they feel like their constituents are pissed off about something, 
they'll do what's necessary to maintain their power, even if it means checking another person like Joe Manchin. So all of us should be doing what we can to make this idiot famous. If he thinks that it's acceptable to basically be bribed into stopping a legislative agenda for the sake of his own gain, well then let's blast his name as far as we possibly can in order to basically show him and anybody else who thinks that it's okay to just take money like this at the sake of, you know, what are we talking about here? I mean, when it comes to HR1 particularly, you know, if that doesn't go through, then people's voting rights are being restricted all over this country. Something that I just do not understand. When Joe Manchin called it a partisan bill, I don't understand how anything about this is partisan. What is partisan about voting? Like, what, what is partisan about that? How is that something that is being restricted whatsoever? Like the, the right to vote is an ingrained fundamental right for every American in this country, yet we constantly have people who are trying to keep people from voting. Like that just absolutely makes no sense to me. The right to vote needs to be protected at all costs. I just hope that all of us can get together and find a way to just keep sharing information about Joe Manchin so that he can feel some of the heat that he wants to bring on himself. If he wants to be this king of Congress, well then he should get the attention of one as far as I'm concerned. So do what you need to do everyone and let's share some information about Joe Manchin so that we can put the entire country's spotlight on him. That is my take for this bonus episode. Thank you so much for being subscribed. If you are hearing this, you're most likely subscribed because I don't really advertise my bonus episodes like that. So thank you. I, if you came here today looking for my vaccine hesitancy episode that I promised, that will be coming. So just stay subscribed and you will see that coming. If you are a member of my Patreon, you can watch the video of me talking about this through Patreon. So just log into Patreon. There should be a video link in there. If you are interested in watching me, it's not that entertaining. I'm not really the greatest on video personality, but if you want to see it, subscribe to my Patreon and you can see the video of this episode. All right. Thank you to everyone for listening to this episode of Independent Thought. I'll see you in the next one.